This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening. It's the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio going live nationally across the UK. Wolves fans, if you're wondering where the Wolves Fan Show is, well, you've got a game on. So the fans are all at the game. They're still nil-nil against Manchester United in the FA Cup third round replay. In the other game, Carlisle United beating Cardiff City 1-0. Thomas with the goal there. Anyway, we're here to talk about Crystal Palace. 0208 70 20 558 is our number. Give us a call, send us a message on WhatsApp or get us at Love Sport Radio. I'm joined by the guys from the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and James Howard. Gentlemen, a good performance and a good result. Result of the weekend, one or with Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, we started the game off. Um, we started the game off pretty slowly. Um, in all honesty, I mean, the first half, especially the um, the first 25 minutes of the game, it was too slow for my liking. Even though we were facing Arsenal, we gave them a bit too much respect on the ball. And I mean, as the game went on, we grew into the game. And even before the red card, for example, Aubameyang's red card, I feel like we were dominating and we were the better side in the second half. I have to say, um, I totally agree with you, but I think our crowd had a big influence on it. Um, I don't know where you sit, but where mm. I sit, um, I felt that after this 20 minutes, and it's probably the best first 20 minutes of an away team that I've seen this season They perform, were fantastic, weren't they? they? Were, we just couldn't get anywhere near them. I mm. mean, I say... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Generally speaking, we need to get on the front foot, but we couldn't even get on the front foot. They were that good. Mm. But for some reason, the crowd didn't get 
on their backs or the Crystal Palace crowd didn't get on the players backs they really people around me were like saying come on get at them get into them and and I think the crowd really helped the players react to it but that's what it's meant that's what that's the point of the fans that's why they say the 12th man on the pitch the fans can have that much impact on a game and when you see crowds turning on their own team inside the first half you're sort of going maybe with five minutes to go if it's going poorly you can understand it a bit but you can affect the game and it's great that it's worked out I was so proud of our fans because we didn't boo them at half time we just really really tried to encourage all the players and you know that I think helped us turn it around especially second half getting you know on the you know managing to slowly but surely get to the Arsenal boys and push them and press them and then suddenly they were starting to make mistakes and that's when we started to get into the game I tell you what you know when you're a player like Jordan are you someone who couldn't buy a goal before when now the deflections are going in as well that's what happens when you luck's in you luck's in right yeah exactly and he's I mean when we did sign him for the reported two and a half million pound I wasn't upset due to the fact that I saw him as a squad player coming off the bench and hmm. maybe putting a decent performance. But no one, absolutely no one saw this at Palace. Um, him scoring six goals so far this season. And I mean, we've still got so many games to play. It's, it doesn't sound a lot in all honesty, but when you look at Palace and how many goals we scored so far this season, he has been absolutely massive for us because we're not a side who scores um, 60 to 70 goals a season we score the bare minimum but we manage to win games through our um, defensive efforts so it's been absolutely fantastic to have Jordan Ayer and the fact that I think he scored six goals so far this season is good yeah again I felt overall there were quite a few shouts out for particular players for being man of the match but he was just about personally my man of the match and it's purely because of his work rate as well mm. I mean it was a little bit lucky the goal but you've got to get a bit of luck you've got to make your own luck and, and he's on this confidence thing at the moment where he's just so confident on the ball and what he's doing, which other players haven't done, and Benteke's been accused of this in the last couple of seasons, is is keeping hold of the ball and running with the ball, yeah. taking the pressure off our defence. Because what happened is when I think we were playing with Benteke last season, more often than not, he, would, he wouldn't be able to hold the ball. It just comes straight back to the defence and it put us under pressure. But what Art Jordan Ayew is doing is, he's, if it, even if he's not scoring... He's actually getting the ball, he's controlling it, he's holding it, he's running with it and he's bringing other players into to play and it's relieving the pressure from our defence. Yeah, the player who did get man of the match, I believe, was Riedervold, yeah. who played at left-back. And he's a player who sort of has come back into the side from nowhere. He has been shoehorned in as a left-back. It's not his natural position, but he's performing really, really well. Absolutely fantastic. And I actually said this to a friend who was at the game. I said, can you imagine that this player didn't have any chances in the Premier League for about two seasons until a couple of weeks ago and he couldn't believe it and I think that's one critical thing about Roy Hodgson is the fact that I know we'll be talking about Victor Camarasa later on in the show but there's so many players well not so many but there are players out there who have been limited their chances and as a result we haven't really got to see the best out of them Riedewald is not a left back and he's still playing that well and I'm not saying Riedewald will be able to keep up for the rest of the season but Overall, you have to see the benefits of actually giving players chances. I mean, yes, that worked for Reader World. I mean, Pierrick, the other, um, other week when he gave him a chance, I thought that worked well. Uh, Max Meyer, when he gives him a chance, that works. I mean, it's just trusting your players a bit more. I think that's what I want to see from Roy Hodgson because we haven't seen that so far when he's been at Palace, let alone this season. Yeah, and Reader World hasn't really played many games, but he's suddenly got the man in a match because his performances have improved so much and his confidence as well. I mean... I looked at him and I, I during the game and the way he skillfully gets out of trouble is amazing. Yeah. It's fantastic. He doesn't he doesn't he's a different he's a little bit, you know, different to Wampasaka, but he's got tremendous amount of skill and he, he does all the little drag bats and and he he plays the the nice pass, but he he's a left back and so fundamentally he should be just defending, but he is so skillful. And if we can keep him, you know, even if he does a job at left back, he's only 23 years of age. What a bonus we've got in the in the team, you, you know. You can see the Ajax um, style out of him. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why he came from Ajax and the way that he plays with his passes and his confidence as well. But overall, in the future, when Patrick Van Arnold comes back, I don't know what you think, James, but I I don't know if he, if Roy would actually drop him because I could still see that happening. But if he does, I want him to go in more midfield areas because he's got that passing ability that you've been talking about. The fact that he can pull them strings and make that extra pass. So 
that would be interesting. But I'm still not confident, just like Victor Camaras, I'm not confident that Roy will trust Riedewald in central areas, even though he's done well there. I mean, I think it was last season or the season before against Manchester City. He went there and he had an absolutely fantastic performance. In the future, I'll see Riedewald as more of a central midfielder rather than a left-back. So you think he'll play as in the holding role, not at centre-off next to maybe Gary Cale to help guide him through? No, I, I see him playing in the holding role, but... I. I don't think Roy sees it, in all honesty. I don't, I don't have much confidence in that actually happening, um, but I feel like that's his best position. I think the trouble is, is when he's come in before and he, he hasn't been maybe match fit um, and he hasn't played it often, I think throwing someone in, in a central midfield role is a quite a big responsibility, a big risk. Mm. Whereas, you know, yeah, a left-back position has still got its vulnerabilities, but I think you can gradually sort of play yourself into form and into the team by playing left back, and it's exactly what Reader World's done. And he's now got to a level where he's he's obviously fit as, mm. as fit for the games every yeah. week. Personally, I wouldn't drop him for PVA. I think if you've got a player playing really well in that position, like you just keep him until he maybe gets you know injured or he has a really poor game. Um, you know, it's up to PVA to sort of get fit again and, and win his place. But I, I would keep him there. Could Van Aanholt be an option further forward to be in the rotation? Because he's always been more of an attacking fullback than a defensive fullback, hasn't he? Yeah, I've heard of people saying that, saying that he can play on as a left winger, but then where does Will fit in? I mean, that's Will's position. So Will can play anywhere across the front three, though, can't he? He, he can, but when when we have a full-fit squad, then it'll be Andros Townsend, Wilfred Zaha out wide, and I don't see Van Arnold taking either of their places. Mm. So I don't really see him fitting in there. Maybe as depth, it could help. Maybe if off Wilf, the bench, yeah. Yeah, maybe if Wilf and Andros... Because we haven't got much depth out wide, only honestly. We play Max Meyer there, but Max Meyer, just like Readable, is not a a wide player I see more in central areas that's mm. where he's best at so maybe Vanano he can provide depth there but honestly I don't see Roy starting him there In terms of the game I a lot of Arsenal fans will talk about the red card being the key moment in terms of Palace turning around but for me Palace have been the better team for about half an hour before the red card happened mm. the key moment was Torreira picking up a knock the Arsenal shape went to bits when he came off with Genduzi and Xhaka in that midfield they just they lost they just lost that solid base that the creative players could play off um, do you feel a bit disappointed that Palace didn't go on to win it because they were the better side I think Gary Cahill said it. He said that we were that they were a bit disappointed with that. I think we were the better side in terms of possession on the ball, but in terms of created chances, we didn't create as much as I would have liked to. And I know it sounds a bit crazy because we're talking about you're facing Arsenal at home. I know they're a very good side, but the way that we dominate with the ball, maybe we could have created a bit more chances. But overall, I wasn't too upset due to the fact of how we actually started the game and how slow we were. But We'll take a point. I mean, before the game, we'll take a point. Because when you look at our squad, yes, we did have a good enough squad. But it's still not our strongest squad. We've got a massive injury crisis. And I feel like sometimes it gets pushed aside when you get a point against Arsenal. Like, yes, the point is good. But you have to also consider the fact that we've got around 67 players minimum out injured. So it even makes it even better when you think about it that way. Yeah, I was not too disappointed, actually, that we didn't really go go for it. Because... Mm there was still a number of chances for Arsenal to score, even with the 10 men. You know, they're super players. And then obviously the first half, they were playing particularly well. So I felt that it kind of balanced it up a bit. Yeah, okay. um, you know, so, you know, before the game, like DR said, I would have taken a draw. And I think, yeah, it, I, th- I felt that after the red, ca- red card, it could have gone either way. And I would have been really disappointed in losing that game. So on reflection, I'm happy with the draw. And yeah. you have to also consider the fact that even though we were playing that well, Arsenal did have a massive chance towards the end with yes, uh, Lacazette. Did. So let's mm. say that we pushed on even more, then that would have probably created more chances for them. So it was a risky thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to have gaps at the back. And, and at the end of the day, it's another point, ninth in the lead, 29 points. Uh, it's 11 off the, the fabled 40-point mark, which I know as, as, as high as you go in the league, Palace fans are still looking at that 40-point mark to stay in the league. Yeah, absolutely, you know, because we still we still think of ourselves as a club that needs to sort of fight relegation. Yeah. Despite being ninth, you know, you think, well, anything could happen, a run of injuries. Well, we've had a run of injuries, yeah. but we still seem to be sticking in there. And I don't know, you know, Roy, for, for some reason, Roy is, is such a good manager at keeping us in the league you know it, it's it's just amazing what he's doing with the players he's got look w- let's just say this we haven't looked at a relegation zone so far this season no and that's and that is quite incredible it's an improvement yes exactly. it? it is yeah. an improvement because going into the season there weren't so many positives Wilfred Zaha hands in a transfer request lose the best one of the best right backs in the Premier League don't replace him there's still other positions that needs filled in so it was so negative going into the season and 
we've criticised Roy Hodgson, but I feel like he's done a good enough job um, for us to even be in this position in the first place of looking up instead of looking down. Sanctosin came on. Uh, he came on when Mile got injured by the mm. red card, which was a red card. That's how VAR should be used. It was looked at. It was over the ball. It was late. It was a horrible tackle. I don't think there was any malice in it. I think it was just a, you know, they call it a striker's tackle or a forward's tackle. It was just a bad tackle. Yeah, and the good thing was that they showed it on the video display. And I think leading up to the decision, the Arsenal fans were shouting the usual chant, mm. you know, anti-VAR. But when they saw it on the big screen, and this is fantastic being able so to see it. So it after the red had been given? After red had been given, there was no none of that anti-VAR chanting from either you know the, the Arsenal fans. So you felt that they'd seen what had happened and felt, do you know what, hands up, that was a red card. No protest whatsoever. But there were VAR, anti-VAR chants from Palace fans, um, yeah. even after the red card. Really? Uh, yeah, there was a small, uh, where there was a banner up at the game basically against VAR. Um, from from the homes they'll stand and personally I still feel like VAR isn't where it should be and there are room for improvements but I think um, a small I don't know exactly how many but a small minority of fans just don't want VAR in the game yeah well the way the way I looked at it and I use this analogy with uh, Ian Stone on Saturday is that VAR is not the problem it's the referees association and the way they're interpreting VAR I, I, I compared it with buying a Ferrari driving 200 miles an hour and being in a horror crash you don't blame the car you blame the idiot in charge of the car yeah. don't you this is this is what VAR is great technology should be used very very well we're not using it well no um and personally you know obviously this yellow this um handball situation is just a nonsense at the moment that needs to be looked at again whether it's accidental or not and the offside situation you know i think if it's you can't just be having a head or a shoulder or something it's it's got to be you know the whole body or it's just got to be clear to the naked eye yeah yeah i I think that's got to got to be changed but i'm with dr i think you know that was a very very small minority of fans Mm. they're the i think the homestead fanatics that moved and there's about maybe 50 of them and yeah i I never heard of the protest you know i wasn't anything to do with it and i still talk to a lot of people that say you know well, look what happened before in VAR was introduced. You know, everyone was on the referees' backs. It was talked to every time it was on TV highlights. All the pundits were, were you know, slagging off refs, etc. And I think something had to change, and it has changed. And it just needs to be improved. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first season, and it just needs to be improved. And I think what they have to do is they have to be consistent, whether it's right or wrong, especially with this handball rule and the offside. As long as they're consistent, everyone can say, because we had a decision which went against us at Southampton. It was really close. And I thought, fair enough, it was Mm. offside. Mm. That's the rule. And I I went with that. I didn't complain or whatever. And then the following game, we got exactly the same for us. And we actually got a goal out of it. That's how it works. You win some, you lose some. Absolutely. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk to Mark Edworthy, former Crystal Palace defender. Have a look, see how we think the season's gone so far. Palace fans, 0208 70 20 558. How do you think the season's gone? Give us a call. Get us on WhatsApp. This is Love Sport Radio. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. This is the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. Miles Blumson here, joined by DR Kernaz and James Howard of the Back of the Nest podcast. In the FA Cup third round replays, Carlisle United now drawing with Cardiff City 1-0 and Manchester United Wolves remains 0-0. Wolves fans, if you're tuning in for the Wolves fan show, it is the Crystal Palace fan show all the way across the UK today because the game is on. So the guys who normally do the fan show, of course, will be at the game. Old Trafford having a watch so that it can be even better for next week after half past Rangers fans uh, will be Love Sport Radio will be going to the Rangers fan show our Crystal Palace fan show will change over to Love Sport London talking a little bit about the Arsenal game uh, on Saturday I just want to mention Cenk Tosin he came on for his debut I f- still think this is a weird signing it's another striker who yeah he came in he did alright at first at Everton but hasn't scored a lot of goals recently what did you make of his performance? Well it was I think it was a performance of, let's say, someone who literally joined the club the day before where he was just running about, trying to do his best. But of course, you can see that he's not really used to the system. Yeah. Um, But I'm excited about Tosin. I feel like he's got a point to prove at Palace. He wants to stay in England. He wants to play in the Premier League. And now it's now or never. I mean, it's a good deal for us. And honestly, if you look at it, it's a loan deal till the end of the season. However, um, I feel like we've got an option to buy. So there's no real loss here. 
Yeah, I think I looked at his career record and he's got a fantastic goal return apart mm. from being at Everton. But <laughs> if you think about it, Everton, he was never really in the side for that long. He's been in and out of the side and I don't think that's good for a striker anyway. I think he needs a bit of a run. Um, when I, you know, He didn't get much of a run out on, on the weekend, but I felt he was enthusiastic. He made some good runs. He looked like he knows the right sort of striker that we need that can make those runs that can yeah. get, lead to a goal and his his first touches look pretty good so I'm I'm really optimistic about it Great let's bring into the conversation Mark Edworthy former Palace defender Mark uh, welcome to the show how are you today? Yeah I'm good thank Jenks how are you are you okay? Yeah really good thank you what have you made of Palace so far this season because it's been a pretty good year we just mentioned for the first time Palace fans aren't really looking down at the relegation zone no, they're not. And I think, you know, if you look at any team, ninth in the table so far, OK, it's still some way to go. But they're doing superbly well. Um, only two defeats in 10 games. OK, there's probably a few too many draws in there. But, um, no, a great result against Arsenal. I think Sellers is becoming a real difficult place for any Premier League team to go and get a result there. And now, they've, of course, they've got that easy task of going to the Etihad. Hi, Mark. Um, for a player, for someone like me who wasn't able to watch you live as um, I was born after you actually managed, uh, you was actually playing for Palace. How would you describe yourself as a player? <laughs> well, I'd like to think I, I wore the shirt with pride and um, you had a great time at Palace, three fantastic years and uh, was very fortunate to play in, the, in at Wembley in two player finals. But I would class myself as a, a, probably an old school defender regarding fullback, even though I tried to get forward as much as I could. Uh, my goal scoring record was appalling on that front. I should have scored <laughs> a lot more goals. So if I had my time again, gents, you'd definitely see me on the score sheet more often. But uh, no, just just wanted to defend uh, well. As a, as I really had a um, opportunity of uh, in my position, or should I say, it was a good opportunity. You you never play against a slow winger, so came up against one of the um, best wingers uh, probably in the world, Iron Robin. Uh, Ryan Giggs was obviously up there as well. So it was a it was a good position to play in. But um, as I said, I'd like to have scored a few more goals if I could. Yeah, hi, Mark. Do you ever sort of get down to the Crystal Palace Club much or, or watch the games at all live? I haven't been down there um, for, for a while. Obviously, I've got some good friends, obviously, still down there. As I mentioned, Ray Lewington's still there doing a fantastic job. A good friend of mine, Richard Shaw, is obviously involved with the 23s. Dougie Freeman, uh, who I played uh, along with as well, was sporting director. So they've got some uh, you know, iconic figures down there as well, played for the club. And I think it's very important, the roles they've got as well, that um, when you play for the club, they understand uh, the fans and... You know, it's it's a great club. Um, really enjoyed my time there, and there's some special people down there. But unfortunately, I don't get enough time to get down there. Obviously, watch the results, and still keep in touch with the likes of Ray Lewington. So obviously, get a lot of feedback of what's going on down there. Do you think we're going in the right direction? Do you think something needs to improve? Do you think you know we need to maybe look at um, bringing in some specific players? Maybe looking at maybe for the future a new manager. What do you feel about going forward? What do you think we should do as a club? Well, I think the, the Premier League now is, you know, it's just such a global thing, isn't it? Uh, we know now you, you get a lot of sort of foreign um, chairmen coming in, you know, billionaires now. It's like a billionaire's playground. So I think Palace really to, to stay in the Premier League is, is a fantastic achievement and that's not being disrespectful in any way. And I think if you get on a good cup run, uh, the fans will stick with you and they'll love that. But if you look at the divide now, I always look at the Premier League thinking it's, it is three leagues. You've got the probably top four going for the Champions League and um, there's probably six trying to get into that. And then you've got the mid middle sort of part of the Premier League who, who are trying to get into the elite. And then obviously you've got the, the, the bottom sections who just fight for them lives to stay and keep their Premier League status. So I think Palace is doing a fantastic job. If they go on a cup run, they've got the likes of Wilfred Zaha, who's always going to be, especially with the transfer window open, it's going to be speculation with him. Um, Jordan Ayew was it was a fantastic signing to think he only cost 2.5 million from Swansea I mean what a deal that was especially with six goals in the Premier League so far um, so I think they're going along nicely I think the fans always like a new signing and some, some fresh blood into the club but um, I think if they continue to keep their status then, then, it's, then it's good news for Palace it really is We were talking about uh, VAR I mean Imagine having VAR when you were playing. How do you, first of all, how do you see uh, VAR so far this season? Do you think it's uh, do you think it's worked? Um, and also, what do you think about? Imagine you had like VAR back in your day as well. Do you think that football would be completely different? Well, I think it would be. Uh, I think the idea of VAR, if we see it from the World Cup, I always thought the referee was going to go up to the sideline. I think we've seen it. Funny enough, at the Palace uh, derby game, he made the final decision mm. on the on the red card with uh, Milivojevic and. Um, you know, he has the final say. And I think the delay now is, I think that took about four or five minutes on the day in the FA Cup tie. Um, I think the fans still want to see goals. And that, 
uh, you know, imagine when your team scores, there's nothing better as a fan jumping up and cheering. And then do you think, you know, it's going to get disallowed? I think that that's affected uh, the feeling of scoring a goal for sure. Um, and I always thought that VAR was going to be brought in for blatant penalties. I think that that's fair. Um, if it, or there was a dive. Uh, and really the offside rule, we've seen it so many times this season already. You know, someone's foot or their elbow or, um, you know, and even an arm has kept a player onside. I think that's that's something that they're going to have to probably look at and review because um, it, for me, it's just taken a bit too too long and it, and it really has taken that, you know, authority um, uh, of out of uh, of the referee decision really you know now he's is he in control now or is someone else in control of the game Mark you were a full back what do you make of Palace's full backs at the moment Riedeveld's been filling in there very well at left back linked with Carl Walker-Peters as well in your position your old position of right back is that a good signing I think it is yeah I think the lads have done you know it is as I said before you know it is a difficult position I think to play and I think when I was playing as we said before but with the, the wingers you're up against but the modern day fullback now are looking to not only provide goals but assist as well um, but I think you know they, they, they've done quite well this season I think um, you know the likes of Roy Hodgson he, he knows what he's looking for you know the, look at the experienced man you've got at the helm and Ray Lewington as well so they've got good guys in charge and I think what they've done personnel you're not going to get everybody right but I think the personnel at the football club um, you're always looking to improve but I think the fullbacks have done well so far. Mark, thanks for joining us. And sorry about DR reminding you of your age. Don't worry, I'll have him reprimanded. <laughs> Not at all, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> former, former Palace defender Mark and uh, Mark Edward the, Edworthy there, sorry. Uh, right, OK, so if you want to continue listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show, you need to flick over to Love Sport London right now on DAB or online. On Love Sport National, we're going to be going into the Rangers Fan Show with Charlie Hawkins. Up next, we'll talk transfers on the Crystal Palace Fan Show. This is Love Sport. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Miles Blumsom here with DR and James from the Back of the Nest podcast. 0208 70 20 558 is our number. You can call us or you can send us a message on WhatsApp. We want to know, Palace fans, who your winners and losers are so far this season. Who have you been impressed with? Who haven't you been impressed with or impressed with the handling of? at Crystal Palace. Rangers fans, you need to go over to Love Sport Radio if you want to hear the uh, Rangers fan show with Charlie Hawkins. Right, uh, guys, in terms of these winners and losers, uh, DR, who's your first winner for the season at Palace? Jordan Ayew. I mean, he's coming to the club um, with literally no expectations from him and he's managed to deliver being one of our most important players of the season. And I think so far this season, what he's done has been tremendous for us. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, I'm one of those players that was reluctant to sign him. I'm sorry, but I want to say you're one of those players. I'm one of those players. You wish. You signed the dream. We signed them. What type of player are you? <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah. No, no. Well, the thing is, his loan wasn't fantastic, but it just shows that sometimes, so, you know, who, Roy Hodgson seen something in him yeah. and decided to keep keep him on, and he's reaping the rewards. Yeah, I mean, who are you going to get? in the current market for two and a half million and he's just improved so much from last season it's amazing yeah I, I was thinking about our options up front there, there isn't really much apart from Jordan are you no. know, honestly I mean Wickham yeah. was injured Ben Teke he was out of form and it just shows that we needed depth in that area but luckily I mean imagine if Jordan I didn't score it doesn't sound a lot I'm talking about like he scored 20 goals but imagine yeah. if he didn't score these six goals so well the far. thing is there's only been 20 goals but, to score but yeah but that's the thing as well um, I think Palace tweeted out today the fact that when Jordan Ayew has scored a goal, we haven't lost a game yet, which yeah. which shows which is, that let's say that he didn't score them six goals, that would have been six losses. So possibly so, with ten minutes to go against City at the weekend, if you're five 0 down and Ayew scores one, you'll just know the comeback. <laughs> comeback on <laughs> six five, yeah. So so yeah, I agree on your first winner. What about your loser? Okay, my first loser is Camarasa. Um, that's a tricky one because he hasn't really played much, but I think that's. You know, we said at the beginning when we were discussing this, it's not just us as fans, but as a player. And I think the way this, you know, to sign a player and not even really play that player. And we've had enough opportunities because we've had enough injuries this season. Mm. Um, we've needed to reshuffle the pack a little bit. And I think there has been more than one opportunity where he could at least have come off the bench for half an hour. Yeah, uh, And, you know... What disappoints me is that he's been let go early and we've lost money out of it and we've never really given him the opportunity. 
And, you know, I, I wonder whether Roy was keen on signing him. I just don't understand it. I don't know about you, Dio. Uh, I, I'm I'm not too sure myself. I mean, when you look at the players that he has played this um, since signing them in the summer, Gary Cahill and deservedly so, um, Carthy as well. And you could see that because he's given them chances. So they're mm. Roy's players. Whereas when you look at players like Camarasa, only five minutes of Premier League football, we can't even say as Palace fans, oh, Camarasa was a flop because... We don't know that. I mean, how can you judge a player? He played in the Colchester game. Don't, me, don't get me wrong. And he didn't perform that well. But you can't just judge him on the Colchester game. If that was the case, then Driver Reed World shouldn't be playing because he was in that game. Benteke was in that game. And so was Townsend. So that's what I'm mostly frustrated about. The fact that he came into the club with high expectations, but we didn't really get to see enough of him to even judge him as a player. Well, it's a weird one. He's gone back to Real Batiste and they've sent him straight out to Alaves. So they obviously don't think he's ready yet either. Maybe he's just not as good as the hype yeah but look this is there's some Palace fans saying that oh well he there was a photo that came out I think last month or the month before that where Camarasa I think he missed training and there was a 500 pound fine there was mm. a, um, and it showed that on the paper and since then people have been saying oh what about his attitude what about his training well when you look at official comments we've made speculation based on this one photo when you look at the comments what Roy Hodgson said in towards the end of November he said there's no news on him he's been training very well He's, yeah, and the only misfortune is that he's come at a time where we have so many midfield players. So us as a fan base, we went and judged this player based on one photo. And yeah, he, he probably did miss a training session and they are right in that. But the actual manager, the actual official comments that we're getting is that not that he trained good, he trained very well. But the fact that he wasn't getting much opportunities due to our field players. So I don't know how to feel about this because even during the injury crisis, why didn't Roy give him a chance? Like, yeah. Like we're going, and, and I, I know Pierre did come on and played well, but the fact that he was on the bench on some of these games, it's like, who to, I don't know who to believe. I don't know if I should believe that photo saying that, well, his attitude was thinking, or should I believe the manager saying that he's been training very well and this outfit, like, it's so confusing. We don't know, and there might be something that was not going to be revealed <clears throat> that was be, that's the real reason behind it, because it's very strange to let someone go and lose money over it during the season so I think it's something we'll probably won't find out about until another few years down the road James let's get a winner from you because you've done the lose I don't want you to be the the cynical one the whole time have you got have you got a winner for us yeah okay another winner is uh, Gary Cahill Um, I was a bit concerned about the age thing um, at the beginning of the season I know I've had a chat with a few people and it was sort of 50 50 and I was like oh do you want to bring in someone of that age but he's been fantastic ever since he first started. Um, solid in defence, excellent uh, ball player, can bring the ball out of defence, make a decent pass. Um, and he's contributed to the, the defence immensely and very, very impressive. Um, so for me, uh, all round, he's been, a, he's been a winner. He's a leader as well, isn't he? Yeah, and when Gary Cahill did come into the club, I'll be honest, I wasn't really too convinced due to the fact of his age and the fact that we've got ageing squad. So it's like, why I make this signing and he hasn't played much football. However, he has been absolutely brilliant since he has come in and he's a leader, as you said. I mean, in certain games, you look at, we talk about Van Arnold, for example, and how he hasn't been performing, but you could see it on the pitch where Gary Cahill was actually looking at Van Arnold and is actually telling him and shouting at him and making sure that he does the right stuff. So he's both a leader on and off the pitch and it's been an absolutely fantastic signing so far. Have you got a loser for us, Gia? Yeah, this is going to be controversial, but maybe like Wilfred Zaha? No, I, no, I would. I was going to suggest Wilfred Zaha as a loser because I think his stock's down this season. Mm, like I, I love Wilf to bits, but I mean, in terms of the how much we want for him, and he wants to move on to a bigger club. Three goals and two assists—is that really good enough? I mean, I don't think so, and I feel like Wilf himself won't be happy with that. However, when I look at the situation, for example, I look at the Arsenal game, and when we, I feel like this season we've relied so much on him in terms of give the ball to Zaha and do your best, whereas teams have figured us out and it's so easy where Arsenal will triple te- team in Wilf. I mean, Wilf could have done a bit better still in some situations. He was passing back when he could have went forward. But it's we don't help him and he doesn't help himself. So I don't think it's like a, oh, Wilfred Zaha is a loser and we've done everything right and we've given, we've given him everything and he's just not delivering. I feel like us as a club, we're not helping him as well. And what's happening in the summer, I'm talking about 
both tactics, the fan base, some mm. fans have turned on him. So it's not really a great situation for everyone involved um, regarding Wilfred Zaha. So I would call it a loser. Yeah, I'd agree, agree with you on that one, actually. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with you that his stock, his price is probably lower. I think yeah. I said it last week. You know, we're all saying he's previously worth 80 million well I, I think you'd be lucky to get 50 60 million yep, for him at the moment he agree. doesn't score enough goals for me um and you know compare him Arsenal at home although we we put in a really good performance I didn't think he particularly played very well he, he sort of was not really in the game mm. um whereas if you compare to last season Arsenal way he ran the show I mean all Arsenal fans were saying what a player let's sign him up so completely different player from last season we still you know, still get him doing the tricks and 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 playing well in certain games, um, but he's not scoring enough goals for me. So unfortunately, yeah, I still love him. I uh, still want him to stay at Palace, but on the balance, compared to last season, he's he's not he's not there. He's a bit of a loser. Do you think the club have lost out then as well because they were holding out for a lot of money for him in the summer? Yeah, you've got another season out of him, but like you said, three goals to assist isn't the greatest return he hasn't been as important to the side this season I don't believe when you've got people chipping in from other mm. areas of the pitch you think of some important goals even Jeffrey Schlupp scored a couple of important goals this yeah. season as well uh, is the club lost out because they could have got more money for him in the summer than they probably will get now uh, personally yeah probably but on a, on a um, selfish note I, I'm happy because if no other <laughs> yeah. club comes in it means he stays with us yep. so there could be you know there's going to be less teams going to be prepared to pay the value that we wanted last season so you'd think he'd stay at Palace and I'm, that's fundamentally what I want him to do and also Wilf is 27 I've said this when rumours initially started but the club need to make a decision over the next couple of seasons because his value is only going to drop after a certain period of time I mean he's at his peak right now but Wilfred's are 30 years old is he still going to go for 70 to 80 million nah. no even now he's not going for it so it's, it's a bit of a difficult situation how I see it I don't think the club have lost out due to the fact that we have kept Wilfred Zaha and I know he hasn't played as well this season but he's still that player that we wanted to keep so it's worked out for us in that way but in terms of how much they can get out of him yeah potentially but I Initially, what did we expect Wilf to go for in the first place? So I don't know if we really lost that because a club didn't come for 70 to 80 million pounds in the first place. So mm. I don't think we've really lost that that much. No, fair enough. But if he wants to play Champions League football and go and win stuff, he needs to move now, really. Uh, mm. Have you got another winner for us, DR? Vicente Gaeta. I mean, sing- absolutely fantastic business. Single-handedly, he's saved us <laughs> points this season. <laughs> so many games and we've criticised the board for transfers, but... We have to give credit when it's due. What a fantastic signing he has been. And the way that he's built a connection with the club. And it's it's just more than that. He's he's just one of the best players week in, week out on the pitch. And he's, he's helped us massively. I, I agree. Absolutely agree. Because not only does he pull off some fantastic saves, but he just oozes confidence. And when I think back to when Hennessy played, I was always thinking, oh, no, there's a, possibly a clangor there. Mm. I don't feel that same way with Gaeta. I feel that, no, I'm really confident in him at corners and coming for crosses. Uh, and, uh, you know, one-to-ones, I think he's got more chance of... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely pleased as punch with having Gaeta in the team. As good as Ayu has been up front, Vicente Gaeta has been either mm. the same or even better than that in terms of helping us get points this More season. important. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're both all Agree. for the option to extend his contract once it runs out in 2021. Yeah, I mean, extend it right now. If yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goalkeepers uh, can go on and on for years and can. years. They can, he plays at least 40. I'd yeah. give him five, five more years of contract yeah. at this rate. Do you think he's one of the best goalkeepers that we we've had in recent times oh uh, yeah absolutely i mean you know we've we've had i think he needs to be here a bit longer for us to say over over a period of time but you know he's proving himself this season and and second half of last season yeah yeah i think so as well in terms of actual quality i know julian speroni is a club legend but this is a quality quality goalkeeper now yeah, I mean, you know, he came over and uh, we all thought, well, we didn't know much about him. And uh, I remember, uh, funny enough, uh, his debut, which was Middlesbrough away in the League Cup. And I actually went to the game and he didn't play particularly well at all. Uh, he, he was, oh, I remember he was, that. He was, his distribution was a bit... Yeah, and he, and, and, he, and he didn't that, yeah. really come for a cross very well. And I thought, oh, no, what have <laughs> we done here? But ever since then, he's actually gradually improved and he, he's brilliant now, yeah. James, we've got one more loser. Right, this might be a little bit controversial. I haven't spoken to DR about this. One. Right, OK. So I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, James McCarthy. Ooh. Is that because of injury? No, I, I'm just disappointed because he's had opportunities and he's been playing. Mm. 
But I was expecting a much better player than, than I've seen. So and this is over the entire of his Palace tenure? Yeah, charity. and I think, if anything, he's he's got... I think his performance at a weekend was very poor. Uh, and I would have thought by now he's had enough games um, to really fit into the system. I mean, his distribution, his free kicks were pretty poor at the weekend. He was a lot of misplaced passes. James MacArthur, on yeah. the other hand, <laughs> is a different. Is, is all over the shop. When he was arguably, I think uh, it was either BBC Sport or or some someone gave him man of the match yeah, for the weekend. Right. So there was a few players that were given man of the match, but different, different different people, different yeah. media yeah. outlets. Yeah, like my mum would have given me man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so so yeah, I'm just disappointed with James McCarthy. I don't, you know, I, I'm. I think maybe we've picked up someone where we could have got someone better and maybe that's where I would have maybe have liked to have seen Camarasa play you know rather yeah. than him on certain occasions have we even got a player who wants to be at Palace because with McCarthy there are suggestions that mm. he wants to move back up north and maybe that's contributing as well I don't want to have players who don't want to be at a club simple as if you don't want to wear the kit and go out there with pride then don't be at the club I mean his performance against Arsenal wasn't the greatest and I feel like the one thing that stood out for me was his set pieces which was just absolutely atrocious I mean even I could have done better and <laughs> I'm an awful footballer trust me <laughs> and yeah I, that's another thing to consider does he even want to be at a club well you know he might have come into the you know he's come back from that injury at Everton and I think he was a regular player for Everton before then and he might have assumed that he was going to be a first team player at Crystal Palace because you know Everton Crystal Palace generally speaking you'd think Everton was you know yeah. probably a bigger club so he probably thinks he's coming to Crystal Palace he's going to get a regular game unfortunately he hasn't done until you know maybe recently because of injuries but, you know, he, he hasn't really set the world alight at all. And perhaps he thinks that, um, yeah, I'm better than this and yeah. I need to go elsewhere to get regular football. And if he does, I think I would personally say if we get our money back on him, definitely let him go. Yeah, well, Palace are leading the race for Nabil Bentaleb as well, who's a player who's had some attitude issues. He's spent a lot of time in London coming through the Tottenham Academy. Good midfielder, has played very well. Mm. He's over at Schalke at the moment and was fantastic to play for Algeria, international quality. On the pitch could be great, but again, is that are you are you thinking you're risking someone who wouldn't want to be at Palace in a year after that? It's not I think when you look at him this season, he hasn't played a single game. Yeah. Um I mean, where does it fit in? We've talked about Roy not really giving players mm. opportunities. So he's going to come to Palace in January and where is he going to get a game time? Under twenty threes, maybe that's it. Well, all comp all cup competitions. So I don't really see the point of this transfer. I mean, it might be a replacement for Victor Camarasa, but it's still such a negative replacement in a way because you're signing an attacker, you're getting rid of an attacking player and signing another defensive midfielder. How many defensive midfielders do yeah. we need for us <laughs> to say that, all right, look, we've had enough, let's try and look for what attackers in a way. He's one of those players that does have attitude problems. So if he doesn't want to be at Schalke, he could be one of those ones who's phoned in and you could get a rejuvenated Nabil Bentaleb at, Palace, which for at least six months could be fantastic, though. Yeah, but is he fit enough to play? We well, that's, that, that's when we find out. Is that, don't we? Is that that's that's the thing I'm worried about. It's like I'd rather get him in the summer than now. Um, I'd rather focus on someone who's ready now because of how I see January transfer window, it's like a player comes in now and makes an impact immediately. If if he can't do that, then just get him in the summer, let him have full preseason, and then work from there. Yeah. All right. Up next, we'll look at the opposition view. Jonathan Smith's going to be on uh, from... He's a Manchester City uh, correspondent for goal. In the FA Cup third round replays, Carlisle are now losing 2-1 to Cardiff City at half-time. Manchester United Wolves is still nil-nil. That's across both legs almost of the tie in a game and a half. No goals in that one. 8.47, this is Love Sport London. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. The Opposition View on Love Sport. That's right, it's the opposition view on Love Sport London. It's Crystal Palace Fan Show, the Back of the Nest podcast guys are here with me, DR and James. My name is Miles Blumsom. Uh, we've got 10 minutes to go on the Crystal Palace Fan Show before we get the Fulham boys in for the Fulham Fan Show. Crystal Palace taking on Manchester City this weekend. We're joined on the line by Jonathan Smith. He's a Manchester City correspondent for goal. 
Jonathan, you must be confident after the thrashing of Aston Villa last weekend. Yeah, it's not just the, the thrashing of Villa. It's recent weeks they've really started to find that form of the last two seasons. It would be, when they're at the best like this, it's going to be pretty frightening for anyone to come to the Etihad. Everything seems to be clicking back into place. You know, they've got Aguero scoring a hat-trick, De Bruyne with those ridiculous passes, and they can tear anyone apart when they're playing like this. I find it um, kind of um, crazy, the fact that Man City have 47 points, and you look at Liverpool, 61 points. What's gone wrong for City this season? I know Liverpool have been great, but I feel like City still haven't played as good as they should have. Yeah, dude, I think you have to go back to the defence, really. That's been the, that's been the biggest problem. Obviously, they lost Vincent Kompany. Um, they didn't replace him in the transfer market, which was a mistake. They should have just spent some money to replace him. And then it was compounded by the injury to uh, Amrit Laporte. He's been out for you know four or five months. He's such a key figure. He really holds that, that defence together. Um, so that's, that's where it's gone wrong. They've been conceding too many goals, not enough clean sheets. I mean, they don't generally win one nil. They often win by much more than that. But it's, it's all—they've been conceding goals and it's put them under pressure. Yeah. Um, hi, Jonathan. It's James here. I'm just wondering. You know, Man City, uh, Liverpool. You know, you're so good at home. You've got a fantastic team, fantastic players. But when it's Crystal Palace, how do you feel about playing us when it's at home? Do you do you think, you know, we're just going to roll over like everyone else? Or do, at the back of your mind, you think, you know, actually, a team like Crystal Palace, they sometimes get one over us. Will you will you think that there is a possibility? Do you think that the fans feel that there is a little bit of maybe anxiety there, thinking, you know, this might not be that easy? Because as far as I'm concerned, I think we're, we're going to lose by, you know, three goals to nil. But... You just never know with us as Crystal Palace. We seem to just shock everyone. Every season we get that really unrealistic, strange result. And um, yeah, I just wonder from a from a fan's point of view, from an opposition fan's point of view, how do you feel when you come up with against us? Because every season we seem to get these shock results. Yeah, I mean they've done it. They've done it before. And yes, they had quite recently. So yeah, certainly and the way City are that. You know, they, they, they do give opponents opportunities, particularly this season. Like we say, with the defence, um, they've got issues at the back. Palace have obviously got pace, which can cause problems. And it, it's no secret the way City play. They play with a, a high defensive line. There is room around the back. Teams have, teams, good teams know how to, how to cause a problem with that. And, and you know, Palace have got, have got that in them. I mean, I, I mean, I still expect City to win. I would expect them to win quite comfortably, but there is a, there is that threat, and if and if Palace would get an early goal, then you know they, they've got good defenders that can sit on on the back of that. Well, you've got to remember that it was Crystal Palace that ended the unbeaten start to the season last year for, for Manchester City. Uh, Palace have been one of the teams, especially for both Manchester City and Liverpool, I think they're a bit of a mm. bogey side mm. that seem to always turn up and cause problems. Um, will it take a wonder goal again, like the Andros Townsend one last year, to get anything <laughs> over you? Well, I think Palace deserves that. I mean, it, it, I mean, that was an absolutely incredible goal, absolutely fantastic goal. Um, and then, uh, and then, not only that, the uh, they went three one ahead. Um, it was it was from the spot, but it was they had a, a chance to you know to, to add to that. It was a, it was a good tactical plan. It, it really caused City problems. They were very very well organised, um, difficult to break down. Like I say, that pace on the attack. So there, there is there is options, but you know when City are at the best, controlling the ball, controlling the possession playing it all in Palace's half, it's very, very, very difficult to stop. Um, and like I say, at the moment, they are getting everything together at the moment and it's all clicking. And it's, and it's that. Yeah, Sorry, I was going to say... I'm, um, just at the, uh, I'm just at the, uh, the City youth team game, so the game's <laughs> just finished, that's why... I'm not listening to Wade at home and stuff. I don't listen to that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, I was just thinking, how do you think um, we should approach the game? Do you think we should, uh, you know, really press you uh, from the start, maybe go for, uh, go more attacking? Or do you think we should do a little bit more, probably what Roy normally does is a bit more sort of, you know, holding negative sort of, you know, just try and sort of keep you at bay and then go for that, like, you know, 
one-off chance in the second half that might win the game. How do you think we should approach this game well, if it, it, for us to win? <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's it's very difficult because it, you know the, the teams that cause City the most problems play with courage. They, they knock the ball around. They, they they try to break the press, um, and that's that's how you can win games. However, if you if you get it wrong and if you don't do it well, you can be picked off very easily, and it can uh, it can get it can go wrong very quickly and and, and very badly wrong. I was at the Palace game at Salihurst Park over the season. I was a little bit disappointed with the way that Roy approached the game. They were, they were you know, they created very, very few chances and were just seemed almost happy to, to just to try and defend and, and keep it as, keep themselves in the game for as long as possible. And it was in the end, it was quite a comfortable. Well, like, there was a goal late on, wasn't there, to pull it to make it interesting? But City went and, and went on the other end and scored again. So. It was. It was in the end. It was quite a comfortable, comfortable game for, for City. And I, I think you know, there's just, there's nothing to lose. Isn't there? Go, go for it. Be brave. And and if it starts to look like it's going wrong, then you know, just. All right, Jonathan. Pull, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Go I'm just gonna jump in here quickly, just for time. Quickly, score prediction. I think I'm we'll, gonna go 4-0 to City. Four nil, City, James. Uh, I think we'll lose two 0 Yeah, 2-0. 2-0, okay. Jonathan Smith, thank you very much from the Manchester FC correspondent for Goal. Guys, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much. Not high hopes for Palace, so hopefully (laughs) when we come and do this next week, we'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, by Jordan Ayago. And by Jordan Ayago, 1-0. Zaha breaks down the left, gets it across. Are you tapping at the back post? Or goal of the season again. That is all we need. Or goal of the season. Townsend, are you warming your left foot up? Get it on ice now. Get it on ice. Get it ready. Up next, we'll be doing the Fulham's fan show. Thanks very much. That was the Crystal Palace fan show. This is Love Sport. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.